Want to know more about the TV show Call the Bailiffs? Then tune into the podcast for behind-the-scenes news and views, along with inside scoops only available on this Share Group channel. Welcome to the Share Groupie Podcast, the show bringing you the views of Chief Share Groupie Claire Sandbrook. Join her as she provides the inside scoop on her Channel 5 TV show, Call the Bailiffs, Time to Pay Up. With over 40 years' experience in enforcement, Claire's commentary provides an invaluable insight into how to enforce any debt that ends up in a CCJ. Here on the Share Groupie Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Call the Bailiffs breakdown as we look at the stories from season one of Call the Bailiffs and we have a look at the background behind them. So if you're watching the show, thanks very much for um, being a viewer. And if you've yet to uh, get involved with Call the Bailiffs, then I'm pleased to say that uh, series two is uh, currently being filmed and uh, we're just waiting for a broadcast date from Channel 5. So I wanted to have a look at today at um, storyline number five from season one. And it involved um, uh, partly a construction company debt. So it's not unusual for Shergroup to be instructed to enforce a judgment against a director of a company at the director's home address. Or as this in this storyline, the former address of the director. Directors of limited companies are usually protected from enforcement action at their homes. And some of you may know that because the judgment relates to the company. And in law, companies are a separate legal person. So the directors have their personal um, situation and they have um, their directorship of the company, which is a separate legal person. And so enforcement needs to take place at the trading address or the registered address of the company. This all may seem a little bit artificial, and in a way it is, if you're trying to recover your money from a company. Um, But this is how the law is. It's been like this for decades. And so what we have to do is, when it comes to enforcement, we have to find a way through the artificial nature of these relationships. And of course, the lines can be blurred about when the company trades from the home address of the director. And indeed, I trade a lot from my home address as a director. So, um, you know, many of us do it. And certainly since the pandemic hit, more and more of us have uh, decided to work from home. Now, in that case, the director's address becomes one of the relevant premises for the company because it's trading from there. And enforcement agents can attend at that address to take goods of the company and take them into legal control or or seize goods, as we used to call it. And often um, we will get involved in um, resolving uh, a case to ensure that share group enforcement agents have followed the taking control of goods regulations and the best practice of the High Court Enforcement Officers Association, which means that we do follow the regulations about which addresses we enter. It's very detailed and it requires a complete review of the timeline of the enforcement process to make sure if we're, if this attendance is called into question, um, to make sure that we've, we've carried out the law in accordance with the regulations. And certainly in making the TV show, 
Um, this has put us under a lot of scrutiny, um, as you would expect. Indeed, you may even hope that we are put under a lot of scrutiny. But I suppose the good news is that we decided to put ourselves under scrutiny by having the TV cameras following us around. And what it means is that when we look back over a case that we want to broadcast, then of course we're ticking the boxes to make sure that all the regulations have been followed. So in the case in episode five, um, this is a judgment going back to 2020, and it was issued out of the County Court Money Claims Centre, um, a very efficient process where money claims are issued digitally um, by all sorts of creditors who want to get their money back. And as happens in that situation, often the claim for the money goes through without really any intervention and the judgment creditor, as they become, um, comes out of the system um, with a piece of paper that confirms that the amount of the judgment is owed. We then, as Sher Group, arranged to obtain the necessary certificate from the county court, uh, being the county court money claim centre. It's a county court in its own right. And we transfer that debt to the high court so that a writ of control can be issued. And the writ of control is a very powerful document because it gives me, as the High Court Enforcement Officer, the um, statutory um, duty to actually send agents out in my name and for those agents to um, enter the premises of the business and take control of goods that we find inside, that my agents find inside. That's a very powerful remedy when you think about it. Um, and so... Writs of control will have to be treated with a lot of care um, and a lot of due diligence in terms of how they are managed. So this writ um, was um, sealed by the High Court through its central office in London. Fantastic service given by the staff of the uh, Royal Courts of Justice in the Strand. And it was for a fairly low amount, really, £937.75, um, including costs of execution interest at 8% from the date of the certificate in the county court, um, which runs until payment. So enforcement agents acting under my delegated authority um, collected the amount in full on the fourth visit. It took four times to go to the, to the property address. And between each attendance, um, we were um, in making calls out to the debtor business, the debtor company, encouraging them to pay. Really, because the sooner you pay in high court enforcement, the less fees you're going to be charged. It's very, very simple. And my advice to some of you who are listening to this podcast will be as business owners and directors, and, and maybe you, you think you can kick the can down the road a little bit longer. And I, I do understand that because cash can be tight and you're trying to run your business. But honestly, it can be a false economy when High Court enforcement agents are involved. When you receive a notice, if and when you receive a notice of enforcement from the High Court, I encourage you to pay on that notice of enforcement. Um, it will only cost you £75, which you might still think is a lot of money, um, but you haven't actually responded to a court claim. Judgment has been entered against you and you can pay your £75 and the amount of the judgment and that's all it's going to cost you in bailiff fees. If you ignore that documentation and you allow it to run on so that the agents attend, 
then there are statutory fees that come into play and they're a lot more than £75. And if you're not sure what to do about a notice of enforcement, then please get advice either from your solicitor. If you're a company, you should really have a solicitor looking after the company affairs or go to Citizens Advice Bureau or some other step char- uh, uh, charity such as Step Change, um, although they're more, I think, um, uh, for the benefit of uh, individuals rather than company directors. But um, Citizens Advice um, will definitely be able to help you, as indeed will your solicitor. Um, <clears throat> and what I can say is that if it if it goes beyond the notice of enforcement, it is going to get an attendance. It's not if it gets an attendance. Until the writ is paid, it's in our system. And what you see on the TV is the agents actually following a very well-worn process where writs are issued, they are managed, and they're managed through to attendances. So all the attendances that you see on the TV show, that's our process, calculating um, when an attendance is needed, where it's going to take place, and where it is in the queue, and also what follow-up visits are needed. So it doesn't go away. Writs just don't go away. They don't get forgotten about. There's no black hole. Um, You're going to get an attendance. Now, in this case, um, in the in this uh, particular story, um, it wasn't until the fourth attendance by agents Mark and Virgil that um, Showgroup finally got paid. But our persistence paid off, and that is a hallmark of what we do as High Court enforcement officers. It's what we said to government we would do when we set up the system, um, which followed on from the sheriff's system back in two thousand and four. And I think we've been true to our word. I think we have delivered for government um, in terms of giving them a enforcement system that I think is world class. Um, And that's why we want to put it on TV, because we're very proud of it. Um, And in this case, um, which was for a relatively low amount, but you see, that's not a low amount to the creditor. It may seem a low amount um, to have the full force of a writ of control thrown at it, but to the creditor, it's money due and they want their money. And so the enforcement was at the former director's home, and, um, you know, people are funny. The ex-wife, she wasn't going to hold back, and she helped the enforcement agents in their inquiries to find the the, the home of her former husband so that he couldn't avoid payment any longer. This is what people do when we knock on the door. Neighbours, ex-spouses, ex-partners, ex-business partners, partners, uh, life partners, you, you, you know... People, yeah, they will drop people in it. Um, And we caught up with him and he made an offer which would have taken a year to pay off and that wasn't accepted. Now, again, with offers, you know, you can make a derisory offer to an enforcement agent and they're going to take instructions and clients, creditors, they want their money. So it's not what we think about your offer. It's what the creditor thinks, who's already been waiting who's already gone through a collections process with you, a legal process with you, and now they've got you in their sights because the enforcement agents are on your doorstep. And they're on the doorstep of your business and they're looking at your car and they're looking perhaps at your um, your business premises or your, your shed in the garden where you run the business from. And they see that you have money. So they're not going to sort of walk away. And they're not going to accept a derisory offer either. 
So what the agents do is they, they put um, directors under pressure to come up with a better offer and they will escalate the enforcement of the writ to the next stage um, in a logical way. But basically, the longer it takes or the less cooperation you show, then you're going to move from stage one enforcement to stage two enforcement to stage three enforcement, which is the actual um, listing of the goods and putting them on the removal lorry. You really don't want to get there. Um, and that's what the show is about. It's showing the fact that the law does work through these stages. And you may think this is a tough stance. You may be on that side of the fence where you think this is a tough stance. But um, experienced agents, as you're seeing in the TV show, they know when they're being fobbed off. You can see when they're being fobbed off. That's why Call the Bailiffs had 9 million viewers for season one. Because people are looking at the show and going, they're sort of weighing it up. It's the court of public opinion. It's not the real court. But it is an interesting reflection on what people think about this type of show in terms of who wants to watch it and why. And often it's because the great British public want to see that their legal system and the systems around the enforcement of law work. That's what I believe, and that's why I believe they're so popular. And we want to show the public, and indeed we want to show our political masters and um, the judiciary that the system works. And it works fairly and it works properly. Um, so in this particular case, um, the enforcement agent was able actually to converse with the um, ex-wife of the director in Romanian and explain what was going on. Uh, Virgil himself speaks five languages and he's a great agent to have as part of our panel, our very diverse panel, which includes um, panel members and uh, office squad staff who can speak in a number of languages to be able to connect with the people um, that we meet when we're out and about in the community. Um, and I think this is, again, very, very valuable and something we should be um, showing you, the public, um, that we are, you know, multilingual, um, culturally diverse, and we do connect with the communities in which we work. Um, and um, in this particular uh, writ, we spotted open parcels addressed to the judgment debtor at the door of the address. And this just underlined the connection between the address on the writ and the address um, where the business, where the company was doing its business. And the ex-wife, you know, went on to share more insight when she explained that her former husband drove a new E-Class Mercedes and she shared the address for him. So you can tell from this storyline that once enforcement agents attend an address, the real backstory begins to emerge. And it is our job to put the pieces together and assess what goods we can take into legal control, as well as identifying other addresses and other goods that may be available. Now, that wasn't really necessary in this case because it was a relatively small amount. But we get jobs where the writs are, for, are issued for thousands of pounds, millions of pounds. And it really is an exercise of piecing together um, the movements of the business in terms of their trading addresses, the directors, um, directors' lifestyles, and, and how that all forms you know, the assets which may be available to be taken into legal control. And 
that's why um, uh, the writ is doing the job of creating that urgency and compelling compliance with the High Court order. You can't avoid a writ. It, as I said earlier, it's not going to go away. And, and this is why writs of control are so good as a means to get a judgment enforced. It's relatively cheap to start the process of. It's £161. Uh, we include the admin fee and the court fee up front as a one-time payment. And then if you actually use them as the primary method of enforcement for certainly a business debt, a business-to-business -business debt, I don't advocate them for use against um, uh, utility customers or even in a, um, you know, residents in a, in a local authority area, but I do think for business-to-business -business debt they are the best uh, method, best step forward in enforcement. Um, it becomes a segue. If you don't get the right outcome from the writ, it becomes a segue into the alternative methods of enforcement, such as charging order or attachment of earnings. You've got to use the writ as a bit like a depth charge. You know, you, you drop it on the doorstep, literally, and you just wait for it to kind of explode and see what, what, what comes out from that. Um, and often people, until they send us in, they're guessing. They don't know. So from that one simple knock on the door, that depth charge, um, we can learn so much about how to move forward. And we may learn that actually the creditor is wasting their time. And, and actually, this particular debtor doesn't have, to coin a phrase, two, two apneys to rub together. And if that's the situation, we will walk away. We will walk away because it's not the right method of enforcement. But as in this case, sometimes, and these make the best stories for TV, we find we've got some new insight about the, the director. He had a new luxury car. We weren't going to accept the offer that he made. Um, and he was warned that if he didn't pay the full amount, it would be escalated to the next stage and significant fees would be added to the writ. Then there's a bit of a pause. That has to kind of sink in. The director takes on board what's happening. And generally speaking, people are sensible. Um, and when the law does, you know, catch up with them, then give them 20 minutes, half an hour, and they will find a way to pay the amount. And that's what happened here. The um, director went off for 20 minutes and he arranged for the funds to be found. And, and doing that, he actually saved himself significant fees and further enforcement action was avoided, which is what we want. Um, people may think that we actually like going around the countryside and taking people's goods away. Actually, that's the last thing we want. What we want is to attend, if we have to attend, we want, really want payment in that first initial stage. It's easy for us. Um, it's easy for the debtor, and it's and we have a happy client. So we're not all about, um, you know, drawing it out and making people pay unnecessarily unnecessary fees. We'd much rather that they paid the fees um, just at that initial stage. Even better if they pay them at notice of enforcement stage. So my question to you is, you know, do you find yourself in a similar situation with a debtor company, and the directors are playing for time? Have you found in the past that enforcement agents have not paid, pushed for payment in full for relatively small amounts? 
perhaps they've agreed a payment plan on a small debt, even though it's a company debt, and they, they didn't ask you if you agreed. Because creditors can be tough. They can be tougher than us. Um, we're just the, um, almost just the, well, we are the agents. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, we take our ultimate direction from the creditor. Creditors can be tough. And particularly if you mess them around, they're not going to give you any leeway. So has that left you with a payment plan that's going to take ages to pay off? Um, because you used other agents or if you thought, um, or um, has that payment plan fallen into default and no one has been able to answer you on how you're going to get your money back? Worse still, one of the things that I'm really disappointed to hear as a result of the pandemic is that so many creditors have just not had a visit. Um, and I can tell you that show group and show group agents have been out every day. Every day we've been able to work, um, we've been out um, during COVID. I'm not saying that as, as, as a badge of honour exactly, but the law doesn't stop because a virus comes along. People still want their judgments enforced. And so we took the approach subject to proper health and safety concerns and indeed following the guidance of the High Court Enforcement Officers Association and the Ministry of Justice that where we could attend and when we could attend, we would attend. And indeed, we made our TV show uh, the first series under the um, restrictions of COVID, um, just to keep things moving. So I hope this podcast has given you a bit of insight onto um, how we operate for Call the Bailiffs. We'll be doing some more breakdowns for you. If any of this as a creditor sounds familiar to you, then use our free review service at hubbertshergroup.com or call us on 0203-588-4240 and you can discuss your situation with us in complete confidence. You don't, you know, you don't have to share it with anyone. You can email your unpaid CCJ to us to take a look at at the hub at um, along with any reports or information you've had from other enforcement providers. You may have been to county court bailiffs, perhaps you've been to another high court enforcement agency. But if you know, we'll take a look at all of it. And we'll give, you, we'll give you a steer on what we think you can and should do. Um, and I think that's important because you can talk to us. And it may be that you feel really stuck with the enforcement system. It's, it is intimidating. It is a bit scary. It's, it's scary for everybody, right? Even I get a bit scared sometimes, right? And get to get some jobs to do which are tough. And we have to kind of pick our way through um, the regulations to make sure that we're all doing the right thing. Everybody wants to do the right thing. Um, I think that's important for everyone to know. Um, and if we think that you've done everything you can and it's a, a dead duck, then we're going to tell you that and we'll give you our honest opinion. And if we think more could have been t- done, then we'll tell you that as well. Because you deserve, as a creditor, the best in the enforcement system, which is high court enforcement. And we want to make sure that you get that. And that's what this TV show is all about, is letting you know that this system is out there for you to use, should you need it. And if you are on the other side of the coin and you're somebody that's being enforced against, then again, I want you to see this TV show because I want you to know what can happen and how you can avoid that happening to you 
by taking some simple steps. Remember, when the notice of enforcement comes in, it comes through the email, it comes on your doormat, tackle it. If you're scared, take it down to Citizens Advice Bureau. Don't just put it in the kitchen drawer and hope it's going to go away. It won't. And if you've got a solicitor, your business and you've got a solicitor, take it to your solicitor and let them look at it. Just don't ignore it. If you, for either side, creditor or debtor, follow the advice I'm giving you in these podcasts and you'll find yourself in a better place than perhaps you would have been without us. Thanks very much, everybody. And we'll be doing another podcast with another breakdown in the weeks ahead. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Share Groupie podcast. For more insight and expert knowledge, or to get help with a situation of your own, why not reach out directly to Claire and her team? Simply email your query to hub at sharegroup.com and from there, Claire and one of her experienced advisors will get back to you with an expert response. In the meantime, you can also watch more of our Channel 5 series online. Just search Call the Bailiffs. For more information about Call the Bailiffs and everything to do with enforcement, check out our website at www.sharegroup.com. From there, simply select the Call the Bailiffs TV icon. You can also chat with us, email us and call us on every channel.